When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah. That plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to day number six of the Fallout Bar from the PDC World Championship Myself, Jack Garwood, joined by the one and only Mr. Cam McFarlane. How are we doing, buddy? Not too bad, mate. Not too bad. We go again. It's another night. We do go again. We were just having this discussion off air, a very brief discussion, because we thought, why not get this show on the road, considering they're half an hour later finishing than uh, we expect them to be. There's a reason for that as well, and we'll no doubt talk about that in a very um, short manner, because I don't want to spend any more time on it than we have to. <laughs> um, but the first round finishes tomorrow. It feels like this tournament was absolutely flying past already. It has, yeah. It's, it seems like I can't believe we're six days in already. It doesn't doesn't feel that way. Well, that's possibly because I can't remember most of the weekend. But <laughs> I don't know. If that's possibly a different different side of it. But yeah, it has. It's formed by and yeah, we nearly nearly finished the first round games and on to where it matters a little bit more. Two first, yeah, two first round games remaining. We'll talk about those a little bit later when we do our predictions. Uh, good evening to everybody in the chat room once again. Thank you for joining us at this hour. Really do appreciate it. Um, Jesus in, Bob's in as well. Uh, Daniel's in, Tommy's in, Dan Simpson is in. Shouldn't you be asleep, sir? You're driving tomorrow morning for me and you to go to the Alexandra Palace because, yes, that is right. I am not on tomorrow night's show for the first time in the entire week. Uh, I'm leaving it in the capable hands of Charlie and Cam. Um, I'm off to Dali Pali in the day, and then I'm travelling home for Christmas for the evening. Um, haven't quite worked out where I'm going to stream for the rest of the tournament, to be fair, uh, once I do get home. But we'll sort that problem out when I get there. Um, however, yeah, tomorrow night it will be. I should probably let you know that, Cam. But you and Charlie tomorrow night on the show. Uh, quick reminder, everyone, if you haven't done so already, do drop us a like on the stream as well. Really do appreciate it. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to the channel. That way you'll get notified when all of our interviews go up uh, from this tournament and all the great content we've got planned for you guys in 2023. Uh, and more importantly, when this show goes live every single night from the World Championships this year. Um, 
pretty short night to start with, Cam, but that probably means me and you will still manage to talk longer than we have done for the rest of this tournament so far, because that's inevitable when me and you get going. Yeah, um, you know how it goes. <laughs> just the four-game slate tonight, thankfully. Uh, no afternoon session. I still don't, never worked out why. No, well, I don't think we got to the bottom of that one, did we? We got, we got a little bit off topic when Matthew Stephen dropped in and threw us both completely. Yeah. I still can't believe Matthew Stevens watches the show, to be honest. No, no. <laughs> but uh, we start with a really, really good match, actually. Uh, a really good battle between a former Lakeside World Championship finalist uh, and a very, very hot prospect, up-and-coming talent in Sebastian Bielecki, uh, narrowly defeated by Jim Williams uh, in a five-step thriller, to be fair. Yeah, it was a really, really entertaining start to the night. Um, Sebastian came out playing really well Jim looked like he was right in bother at the start but then came back came back really well himself and and put him away very convincingly I would say in the last two sets only dropping only dropping one leg I think in those last couple of sets he he turned it on a little bit and I think I don't know what clip we may have from him we've got a clip from him but I thought I think I saw something about the fact that he said he underestimated him a little bit which for a man that his first time playing on the stage, three legs in, hit a nine daughter. What are you doing underestimating him when, I mean, you first off, it's Jim Williams. He's not Michael Van Gogh. I mean, he's hardly had the biggest year himself this year. He certainly shouldn't be at any point on that world stage underestimating his opponent. No, but to be fair, the glimpses we've seen of Bielecki this year have been UK Open, um, we saw him on the development tour a little bit. We've seen him in the Moda Super Series a couple of times. But if you're a player where you head down, who focuses on who's in the room at the same time as you're on the pro tour, it's very easy to get lost up in just how much darts there is going on. I mean, it is quite easy to overlook somebody who doesn't have a tour card yet, you think perhaps isn't as experienced, despite the fact that he, he's seen what he can do on the UK Open, etc., and potentially took his eye off the ball a little bit. I don't think he'll be doing that again, and I don't think many others will when it comes to Bielecki, because despite not having a tour card, he's shown what he's capable of. I think the composure on him for a 19-year-old is fantastic. Yeah. Just There were moments when both of these players blew hot, and there were moments when they both blew cold, and it, it made for a good game. There's big finishes in there for both. They both finished at around 40%, which is amazing, considering the first set was dreadful on the outfield. Yeah. It was almost a clinic. If you take away that first set on the out ring, it's a fantastic display of finishing from both players. Under pressure, key moments, you name it, it had it. Um, but a win in the end for Jim Williams and a win for experience, I guess, in that final set. Yeah, I think so. I think, I think, like you say, the big finishes as well and, and just the composure from, from Sebastian in there. I think, was it the one three six he took out, the leg after Jim had just took out one five four. Um on the lesser spotted double 17, which was absolutely the right way to go after the first start. Um, just follow that treble 20 and go for it. Yeah, it was um, it was it was a good game, like you say. It was good back and forth. And yeah, my, my point on him underestimating was less to do with who he was playing and more the fact that he probably needs a win up there himself and he should just be, it shouldn't be even thinking about underestimating any opponent and just cracking on with it. But yeah, he, he did well in the end, and it was it was an impressive finish from him in those last two sets. 
I don't think that Jim's going to sit there and say he completely wrote off Sebastian and this was a walkover. But I think there is a moment of he potentially didn't think he'd be in for, for such a tough game up on that stage, which I guess when you do think you're going to have it a little bit more your own way. We've seen it even with uh, Luke Woodhouse is the prime example. This, right? He wins 3-0 against Vladislav Morchenko, but there were still moments in that game where perhaps because he thought Potentially, he thought it was going to be so comfortable. So many others thought it was going to be so comfortable. And they were expecting absolutely nothing from Vladislav that actually was taken aback a bit when he did start picking up, I think it was two legs in the second set and a leg in the third set, especially as one of them was a ton plus checkout. Like that can catch you off guard a little bit. And potentially just the calmness, the way that Bielecki goes to a 3-0 first set at that moment, you're going, actually, I've got to, I've got to turn it on a bit. Here. Yeah, I'm in a little bit of bother here unless I... Yeah. Turn it on, yeah. So, right, let's hear then from Jim Williams. Let's see what he had to say in his post-match press conference. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, look, probably not. It depends what you want out of it, doesn't it? I mean, um, like the money on offers is amazing, really, and and it's more probably that I can make in my, in my day job, but... Like I've invested so much into that, and that pays my bills, and it looks after my family, so that's my priority. On the game itself, did you know much about Sebastian? Did you maybe overlook him a little bit? Oh, definitely, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, I honestly didn't know him. I've seen him. Um, he played in the in one of the BDO tournaments, and he played very well. You know, and, and even practicing with him when you pull up, he was he was very straight. Um, and like say the. First set, he won three 0 and I was awful. So you backs against the wall a little bit there. Probably, yeah. Probably, maybe the best thing that happened. I mean, but like I said, if you can just pinch those sets, you, it does settle you a little bit. But like the second set, I was under massive pressure there, really, because two 0 down, you're kind of out of it. Um, but yeah, pretty bad, pretty fair, pretty accessible to what yeah. you expect. Dan, I really wish you wouldn't ask questions that we definitely don't know the answer to. Save that for everybody else. Don't what? throw us what? under the bus. I have absolutely no idea what Jim Williams does for a career outside. I was just going to ask you that. I, I, he's took my question. Um, I'm definitely not currently on his Wikipedia page trying to see if it mentions it, and I can't see it anywhere. Yeah, I so have no idea what he actually does. Over, but... I, I don't think it's been mentioned anywhere, to be honest. No, but he clearly clearly spends a bit more time on that than, than he starts by the sound of that. Yeah. Which Swallows at the end of the day. Some players do, some players don't. It's similar to yeah. when when there was a big talk about Scott Waits winning the Grand Slam and he should be moving over to the B, to the PDC at that point. He had a very, very solid job. Yeah. I think he was a, not a carpenter, but he works with wood and, and builds things. Not a builder. Not yeah. a I don't know. Joiner. Joiner. A joiner. No, he's yeah. a carpenter. It's the same thing. Pays very well, was very, very comfortable. And there was a lot of interest in people making Scott Williams move over to the PDC. And he's like, if I move over to the PDC, I want to fully focus on darts 100%. If I do that, can anybody guarantee me the amount of income that I would lose by not yeah. being a joiner for the year? And nobody could. At that point, he's like, then why would I do it? I can go and play darts. I can go and look, just, just won the Grand Slam. He'd been world champion, I think, at that point as well, which was 50 grand underground, whatever the BDO yeah. used to be or whatever. Which is a nice You're also calling Scott Williams a second goal, not Scott Waves, but. It's 10, it's 10 to 12. Stop being pedantic. <laughs> right, let's just move on. Do you know what? Stuff you all. I'm going to make you sit and talk for 10 minutes about Jimi Hendrix versus Jamie Hughes. Go. It was shite. Move on. <laughs>
No, ten minutes. Come on, fill the no, gap. Well, no, no, Go on. no. Be better. <laughs> no, they need to be better. That's what they need to do. They need to be better because that was absolutely painful to watch, yeah. and none of them deserve to be in the next round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, without being too disrespectful to either player, I, I think worst match of the tournament so far is is an accolade that this might well win because look, if it gets beat, if it gets averages, beat, whilst other games have had similar averages and and whatever else at this level. A, there was a little bit more of an expectation. B, there was absolutely no rhythm to this game whatsoever. It was taken out completely by the way that both players play or whatever. Couldn't find anything. There was no real emotion. There was no big moments, really, but there was no big key moments where you thought, all right, this might swing one way or the other. It was just a tough watch from start to finish. Yeah, the only big moment, the only moment of any note was the the 104 from Jimi Hendrix where he missed the first dart he was going for obviously because that's the way this game went but then took out the two tops and I think the game was pretty much over from there it was still in the balance at that point but then he he actually to be fair played fairly well in the final set yeah amazingly despite all the talk about it during commentary I don't think this got near the record for missed darts at a double in a match either they finished with 56 missed darts at a double between them what was the record 60-something, from memory. I mean, when you say it didn't get near, it's, it's not far off. It's a lot of missed doubles. But... It's, 10, it's 10 more away. That if we got an extra set, then potentially it was on the but card. To be fair, the way that, the, the, way the first then... set went, 10 yeah. more away was half a leg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, look, it was tough to watch it, to be fair. I did say this last night when we were looking at predictions as well, that... Jamie Hughes just has a way of getting involved in scraps and battles when he is a better player. And yeah. clearly not on the same level that we saw a couple of years from him, a couple of years ago from him, when he was averaging ton pluses on tour, but finding ways to lose those matches. He went through he went through the Dobie phase before Dobie. You know that phase we spoke about from Chris Dobie last year where he's averaging 104, 105, dragging players up to that level and finding ways to lose matches 6-5, 6-4. Jamie Hughes went through that phase first. It should be called the Hughes phase, to be honest. But he yeah. just has not produced that for the last 18 months. Um, for a man that's won a Euro tour, he's been quite disappointed, to be honest, for the last couple of months on the tour. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. It just... I mean, he doesn't look... I mean, I just don't think he looks like winning a game on that stage at any point. I mean... He's... Best result well, for Jamie Hughes on the World Championship stage is what, the last 64, which was when he was a seed. <laughs> so he lost the first round then as well. Well, yeah. second round. But yeah, I just think, I don't know where he's going to get over that hurdle. And it's not just at the world. I mean, we don't, we've not seen him do it anywhere else for some time as well. I don't know what it is because the guy is clearly very good. Like when he's on it, he's very, very good. I'm not sure if it's the lack of rhythm in his action, etc. Just does not seem to be able to produce the level that we know that he's capable of. And look, we say that about an awful lot of players, but I guess that we we're saying that a bit more about Jamie Hughes in the moments where we are seeing him on TV, which has become less and less frequent over the last yeah. couple of years as well. So a bit of a decline for him, but it is a win for Jimi Hendrix. 
Uh, I thought, oh, that's a good point, Harry. There was a moment where Hughes got a little bit frustrated yeah, in the match. Yeah, this you probably um, want to talk about. Had a couple of words with Russ Bray. I don't want to start over-suggesting things, but it looked like one of the two cameras to the top left moved. It, well, it looked like he was getting annoyed about something, and that's where he seemed yeah. to pop. Um, now, in that moment, perhaps like, it's a case of starting to look for an excuse as to yeah. why it's not going your way. Key moment at the point, he's on 25, so he's throwing 9, double 8, or whatever. I think he still goes on to take the leg anyway, so it was he almost... Took, he took it out the next... He took it out usually, in his defence, if that is what the issue is, the cameras behind will move when you're at the hockey. The cameras in front will move before you set. And the minute you're at the hockey, they are supposed to stop. They are not supposed to keep moving. There's supposed to be no movement in your eye line either side unless the referee has to move to check that the darts in the double. And even then, they might hesitate a little bit if you think you're just going to keep throwing anyway. So I, yeah. I can sort of understand that. As a player, if I see movement, that would be something that would affect me as well. However, however, so we know he, the full story from that one as well. It's not really worth us going. Yeah, that's what it was. But also, if he's if he's two 0 up at that point, he doesn't even mention it, and he just carries on and carries on throwing his darts and doesn't get upset about it. I'm sorry, but it's just how much can that camera have moved? How much is it affecting? It? I'm, I'm not having it. It's it's not jumped in front of the board. Like it's moved no, it's probably it's moved probably probably It's a bit like. The, the way to explain it when you see movement in your peripheral is a bit like when you hear a whistle compared to a constant boo. No, I don't, it, I'm not. It's that it. little bit of shock that it shouldn't be there, but you do see it. And look, I, I get annoyed with markers when they move in a local league. You yeah, but, yeah, but that's that, that's moving that's a lot more than the, than the cameras. The camera's pretty much hidden anyway. You'll be surprised how close it is, honestly. No, but like it's set into the stage, it's pretty much hidden anyway. If you're no, I'm not having it. I, there's absolutely no chance anyone else mourns at any point unless they're playing the worst game of their life up there. Maybe uh, the game did last a long time, and so did our discussion on that one. But we are going to move on now. Well, I tried to move. I tried to move us on very quickly on that game, but you kept it going. Yeah, well, you started. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we don't have an interview with Jimi Hendrix at all this evening. Uh, so we are just going to move on to the third match of the night in which we saw the Queen of the Palace return to Alexandra Palace uh, bravely, I think is the way to describe her defeat this evening. Um, Ricky Evans getting over the line 3-1. Um, I'm going to be honest, and I think Ricky Evans called this the best way possible. I think that Fallon was the better player for most of this game in the key moments. It perhaps didn't quite click for her, and I think that shows... That's a result of a lack of match practice, potentially. And he's potentially got away with one here. Because I, I genuinely thought for a large part of this game, Fallon was in the ascendancy. There's, look, the last set doesn't go her way. But there's a good chance she could have walked off this stage 3-0 winner. Very, very easily, yeah. Uh, 3-0 or 3-1. I thought, I thought she was really good up there tonight. And I thought we saw her play a lot more like what we've seen from her before and what we've seen from her when she had a run at the Palace. Her scoring was so much better than what we saw from her on the World Series events and what we've seen from her recently. I just think she looked comfortable up there until the key moments. And like I say, I think that is probably just the confidence of the fact that she's had a bad run this year. 
she probably wasn't quite as confident as she would have been, whereas she was absolutely ice cold in those moments when she had her, her first run there. And I think that was the only difference. I thought Ricky played well as well. Um, I actually thought, well, he had a lot of a lot of visits without a treble, but he also he didn't have big runs where he wasn't having a treble. If he had one, he bounced back the next visit and chucked in a 140 or a 180 and, and kept himself in the leg. Um, and yeah, I thought I thought he did well to obviously everything you have to deal with. His walk on was fantastic. He just he's just a really really likable guy. His interview afterwards was absolutely perfect as well. I mean, you, he just everything like you kind of a little bit disappointed that they played each other and they didn't play the two that they played beforehand because they both would have been through to the next round. I think that sums it up perfectly. As well. I don't think Fallon's performance was that bad. I think her, Bo, and even Lisa potentially have, have been a little bit unlucky in the draws that they've had. They've all played well without getting results. Um, I think Ricky's a, a great character and fantastic for the sport when he gets going. Almost felt sorry for him being booed a little bit. Yeah, but he didn't get it. He didn't get it anywhere near as much as anyone else. By the way, that could have been a lot, lot worse. I think his walk on and his energy at the start of the game is 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 unmatched. Right, it doesn't matter what he comes up with. We've seen him walk on with a chunk from the Goonies mask doing the YMCA for Christ's sake. And I get that the players do fun stuff, but he is just entertaining. But he's entertaining on the hockey as well. A little bit surprising that he slowed down for a couple of doubles, but I think he's. I spoke to him at exhibition with an interview that, that's available on our channel now. And he was saying that perhaps he needs to slow down. That's what everyone else is saying. And there was the talk on the commentary that actually he wasn't the fastest player on tour this year. That's now Jermaine Watamena. So there's definitely moments where Ricky has, has thought about that. Yeah. But I think there's still a conversation to be had that he's a better dart player in full flow. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think there was, well, I mean, some of the visits were he, some, he's 180s. If that first dart went in, he was at his rapid best and, and followed it with two more and, and they went in. Or And then there was the, I can't remember what it was, maybe 54, 56, something like that. No, 47, I think it was, where he hit the seven and then he took a step back and waited to go to the tops and he missed it. But then obviously got away with it because Fallon then missed three at a double as well. Um. So, yeah, I'm not so sure that I like that he's thinking about it and he's and he's trying to do what's best in terms of taking time. And I think he did work for him a couple of times where he just took an extra second when it was going to the double. But yeah, in full flow, he's still just just magic to watch. And you've got to be somebody to stick your own face on the back of your shirt as well. You just love to see it. Bold. Very bold. Very bold. <laughs> as if people aren't aware who you are already. To stick your own face, like a caricature version of your own face on the back of the shirt is like, it's just... He's just brilliant. He's just very, very amusing, very, very likable. And when he puts it together, he is a very, very good dark player. Let's yeah. talk about the, the three women in general to before we hear from Ricky Evans. I think we've got time tonight a little bit, and, and now's a good time to have that conversation. Bo beaten 3-0 by Willie O'Connor. Lisa Ashton 3-2, uh, Ryan Meikle and, and Fallon 3-1 by Ricky Evans. All three showed glimpses of, of what they're capable of. I think Bo is very unfortunate to have been beaten 3-0. There's definitely an argument she should have won at least a set, if not pushed that game that little bit deeper. The 120 in the very, very first leg was was superb. Lisa, to mount that comeback, was excellent. But again, just finishes short. She still hasn't got over line on that, on that stage. 
And to be honest, I think this was a better performance from Fallon than a lot of people were expecting. And for it to go the way that she actually scored better and, and outscored Ricky for large parts of this game, but lost her composure a little bit, is perhaps a reflection on the pressure that she faces as as the face of PDC and, and women's darts that she has been since she won against Ted Evitz a couple of years ago. I think that might have even been on this day or very, very close to yeah. it. It appears in my Snapchat story very, very recently because I was there. Humble little brag. Um, where, where do we see this going now with, with the women's game? We've got the women's world match play again next year. They've committed to three spots at the world championship again next year. I saw an interesting conversation or, or thread on Twitter earlier. Uh, Matt Edgar was asking Linda Duffy, Linda Duffy former uh, player and now uh, manager of Josh Payne, if she thought they were ready for a women's world championship and, and why haven't these... Why haven't we seen a female player kick on and, and continuously compete with the men at the top level? What, what's next for the women's game after we've seen all three beaten tonight? Uh, all three beaten this week. I think I think it's I think it's good that we're we're committed to three again next year. I think the the biggest issue that that these three have is the fact that they're so far ahead of everybody else on the women's series and. They're not well. Maybe now there's three of them, rather than it being just Fallon and Lisa, that we're going to see more competitive games, at least between the three of them, because they're going to meet before the final stage. And if you're going to win it, you're going to have to beat both of them, probably both of the other two. So I think maybe we'll see more. And like you say, it's just whether those opportunities that that Fallon's had this year. If those spots are open, where well, they're going to get a bit more time playing on the on the telly, on the big stages against the guys, and seeing what they can do there is is when are we going to see them take that next step and go deeper in this tournament? Like I say, Fallon could easily have gone through tonight. Lisa wasn't far off getting through against against Ryan, and I mean they're probably the worst draw. They probably were some of the worst draws you could have had of the lot, to be honest. Like, you, you don't want to draw Ricky because, he, like you say, he's, he's already liked by the crowd. He's never... You're not going to get there, the crowd There aren't on many you. that are going to get the crowd on their side in exactly. a match against Fallon at, at Alexandra Palace. But he is one of them that's capable of doing so. And, he and he's also in, one that... Despite he's, the fact that he's winning sets and then giving it that as well. Yeah. Which I thought was bizarre, but amusing. For someone that tried so hard to get the crowd on his side to then go back at the crowd, I thought was... Daft, yeah. bizarre, and brilliant all at once. But he's also he's one that he's not going to get phased by it. And same with Willie O'Connor. I mean, if there's one guy that's not going to get phased by any of the any of the attention or any of the grief for the crowd, he just goes up there and plays his game. And I think Bo's unlucky to get that draw as well. Really, like I say, she played really well as well. And I do think we'll see maybe one or maybe two, maybe even all three, given the right draws, win up there next year. And it'd be good to see. And like I say, Women's World Championship, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure there's the depth there for it to make it sort of... And the match play was a big step. Well, look, the, the women's match play was, for most part, a resounding success. It was a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. The crowd wasn't exceptional, but it, it did OK TV viewing figures. Fallon won the tournament. Bo wasn't playing in the Women's Series at that point. I don't think anybody else disgraced themselves. We got glimpses of 
uh, Katie Sheldon and Chloe O'Brien, two players under the age of, of 21. Um, we've seen Makura Suzuki play well this year as she's been able to travel more and, and get a plan in place. And she's bought different players from Japan over with her, which I think has helped her settle a lot more. We've seen Laura Turner win a women's series. We've seen Lorraine Wynn Stanley. Dieter Hedman, we haven't seen as much as she. Anastasia Dabromislova played in the last set. There is depth there, but the gap between these three and everybody else seems to be so significant. And I guess for the PDC now, there's a decision to make saying, do you allow these three to drag the rest of the women's game up to a level where it can be a standalone product? Or do you capitalise on the ability that these three have and potentially go down the route of something as extreme as you might see in the snooker where you hand out tour cards to the top three and go, right, we want to see what you can do for two years? Yeah, I I think that's the way they will and probably should go because I do think I, I just I, I think they are too far ahead of the rest in that it's not going to create a competitive enough product that you could expand it. Like the the match play worked, but it was a very small field. If you expand that up and go to obviously you're not going to go anywhere near ninety six like we've got for for the for the worlds at the moment. But even if you went up to sort of thirty two, it's probably too many, and you're not going to get. It's not going to be. There's not going to be enough of a product there and enough of a competitive element for it for it to sort of do what it needs to. And I think I think these three aren't going to improve playing on that either. I think they need to be playing week in, week out against the guys. And I think that would have been huge for Fallon if she got to a card at Q School where we'd have seen her do a lot more this year than what she ended up doing and seen her struggle in events. And I think that's the same same for Bo and the same for Lisa as well, to be honest. Obviously, Lisa's a lot further into her career than, than the other two and whether she's going to make big leap that both of those two could make playing week in week out, I'm not sure, but we also know how good she is on a day. She's almost unplayable. So Yeah, completely agree. a uh, few questions in the chat. Dan says are all three going to Q school. Absolutely no idea at the minute. Uh would not be surprised if at least two of those were there. Um I think there's still a lot of time for Bo Greaves to develop. Uh I, I'd prefer to see her play women's series this year and potentially development tour as well and, and go and mix it up with with those guys. It's very easy to forget that Bo is 18 years old yeah. and would still be eligible for the development tour for another five years unless she was in the top 32 in, in the world in the PDC, um, which, which would be a scary thought. Um, I'd expect Fallon to be at Q School. Not sure about Lisa. Not sure where her aspirations lie. Obviously, she was capable to go back to the WDF circuit this year. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, right, let's go back to Ricky because obviously this was his his moment up on stage. Uh, takes on Joe Cullen next. How far can he go in this tournament? Well, if he's on it, he can go as far as he wants to go. He's He is that good. I mean... Joe's going to be a very tough game for him next up. I mean, just absolutely, of course he is, because we all know how good Joe Cullen is, and especially what we've already seen him do on 
on this stage. Um, but he's beatable and he's not been in the greatest form. Um, so it is an opportunity for him. And I'm just having a quick look because I'll be honest, off the top of my head, I can't remember where he, what the draw looks like for him after that point. Find him. Where's he gone? Yeah. There he is. So he's got Joe, and then he's got Damon Hesser. That's tough as well, to be fair. And then he's got Michael Smith who gets through that. Yeah, I don't actually think he can go that far. When I say how far can Ricky Evans go, you basically said this is it. <laughs> he could beat Joe Cullen, but he he could beat them. He doesn't get past Michael Smith. He doesn't. He doesn't get. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It doesn't get past the fourth round for me. Yeah. Especially Fair because enough, his, yeah. his pace of play is going to play perfectly into Michael Smith's hands. Let's then hear from rapid Ricky Evans after his victory over Fallon Sherrick. Relieved uh, more than anything. Uh, Fallon was a better dart player there, and uh, I got away with murder there, personally. Fallon is an amazing dart player, and the crowd in there don't realise how good she is, and that's that's the prop. That's my kind of. I feel sorry for her a little bit because they were just cheering because it was a female. Don't worry about that. She, she is. She she beats everyone in that crowd. She beats everyone at darts. She's that good, and it's just it's sexism row, isn't it? It's just one of them. She's so good. I, mean, it's, I feel sorry for her a little bit, but that's not, is there? But the thing is, if I'd have been watching that on TV, I'd have been cheering her on. That's the thing, that's the beauty of it. I, I, she's so good. That's just, she, she's great for darts. And it's just one of those things, you've just got to respect it and kind of take out of your memory. I'm not sure, but I think he thinks Fallon's pretty good. <laughs> I just wasn't sure where he was going with that. But I love Ricky Evans nonetheless, and we're just yeah. going to move on. Uh, if we sneak through this next one, get our prediction, we might have time to answer a few of the questions in the chat room because you guys have been on fire this evening. Uh, see you all in there. We'll get to you at least for the predictions, and we might even throw it back to a couple of the questions I've seen so far. Uh, so on to the fourth game of the night and the former five-time champion of the world, Raymond Van Barneveld. Uh, made his return to the Alexandra, Alexandra Palace stage after rather unceremoniously 
being dispatched by uh, Darren Young uh, just a couple of years ago and then retiring. Uh, a solid return from Barney, despite losing the first set to Ryan Meek, who's averaging over 100. Um, an excellent, excellent victory for Raymond Van Barneveld, 3-1. Uh, over Ryan Meikle, uh, setting up that mouth-watering tie uh, with going Price in the next round. Yeah, um, so this one, I sat there and after the first set, I messaged on one of the group chats uh, just saying, that was a bit good. And then after the second set, I just quoted my first one and said, yeah, this again. Because... It was just a really good game, except for the, the final set where Ryan fell off a little bit. It was good. It was competitive. There was some... The scoring was good. The finishing was good. I just really enjoyed this one. Um, and I, I'll be honest, I thought the nine was going after he hit the two 180s. <laughs> I just thought, it's just going to go, this. Um, I certainly didn't expect him to drop low on the, on the seventh one. Um, but yeah, it was... It's a good performance, 95 average, just played really well. And he's beaten Gezi twice recently, so it sets up a sets up a good tie. But I do think that's as far as he gets, though. I, I don't think Gezi lets him win a third time. We'll see about that. That last set probably makes these stats look a little bit worse for me, but the performance was very, very good. He finishes with a 93 average, 29% on the outer ring, but being dispatched 3-0 in that final set, definitely hurts his, his stats on paper. I don't think that will take yeah. away from the level of performance that we witnessed from Ryan. But we're seeing this quite a lot in this tournament. Perhaps this is another element of set play. If we're seeing a lot of players, or I am in the last couple of days, lose a crucial third or fourth set, 3-2 in a deciding leg, and then just crumble. And yeah. I think it's interesting that we're seeing that. We're not seeing that in the early, early parts of the match. No. They've got a break. When you get the chance to go off stage, recompose. But that third and fourth set, they, they're the key moments where you don't have that two, three minutes off the stage to just go, right, head on, we go again. It's, bugger, that's just happened. And before you know it, you've lost the next one as well. And you, you're heading home yeah. for, the, for, the, for Christmas early without the chance of coming back afterwards. And that, that's the beauty of set play, I guess. But also, if anything, we're seeing the experienced players get away with that a lot more. And yeah. perhaps I've been at this stage in this tournament a lot more. We don't see set play an awful lot in the PDC. We see it at the World Championship and we see it at the Grand Prix. And the Grand Prix is probably even more difficult to qualify for than the World Championship. So the fact that you only get two chances a year to play it, for somebody as, as young as, as Mikul, who still has so far ahead of him, Barney's been doing this for decades. Yeah. That experience after winning a tight set compared to somebody else just, just falling apart, must be playing a key part in this tournament. Yeah, and it, it's a huge difference, isn't it? After those first two sets, to all of a sudden not have any more breaks and you're just going straight through, it makes it it does make it more difficult, especially, like you say, if you should win a set and you give away a couple of darts at double, you miss, miss your chances and someone takes it and then all of a sudden you're 1-0 down in the next set and you're absolutely panicking and you don't know like just snatching at every dart trying to somehow drag a treble to get yourself into it it is tough and i kind of think it's it's this whole thing that i disagree with every year of the way they do the breaks it's saying oh we have to get all our breaks in yeah but we don't need a break after set one and set two it's 
it's rubbish they for the don't. ball. But it's rubbish for the ball. That they miss out on an extra break because somebody wins three 0 well, Obviously, yeah, we know why they did the it. argument, but the difference between set break, set break, potentially three straight sets yeah. with a tiebreaker as well, by the way, because yeah. round two matchups have to be won by two clear. That's potentially a lot of legs in a row. Yeah. Or you can play five and go and take five out the back. Yeah, we know why they do it, but it's just it's rubbish, isn't it, in terms of actually for the for the flow of the match. And we don't all need to see the same crap adverts again twenty seconds later than we saw the last ones. It's just it's this is the same ad break that we saw ten minutes earlier after the first set. Um it's just yeah, it, it's it's not good for how it actually goes. It's it's like having a lap break after the first three laps of the F1 and then getting to restart the race again. It's nonsense. I'm so done with the Marmite advert where she's just phoned in, no boys, bugger off. Yeah. <laughs> just, I was just sick of all of them. Like, just all of them. I'm absolutely sick of. I'm sick of, I'm sick of the one about dandruff. I don't care. <laughs> We don't just complain on this show, honest, but these, these are the little things that, look, when oh, a tournament is as long and we spend as much time literally sat in front of a screen, these yeah. are the sort of things that start to get to you a bit, especially when you're sleep deprived at 20 past midnight talking yeah. about this once again and, and God knows else what. Um, also, one thing I meant to bring up earlier was I love Webby. I think he's, I think he's absolutely brilliant. But he said at one point in the Jim Williams-Sebastian Bielecki game in the final set, he's only one breakdown in this set. Well, yes, Webby, because if he was two breaks down, he'd be off the stage and he'd be home. Like, you can only ever be one breakdown. Because <laughs> mm. the second breakdown, that's the, that's the, that's the set done. Yeah. <laughs> He's only yeah, one break. Otherwise, you're not a break. I was like, oh, you could just win the other leg back, but actually, no, yeah. you can't because then you're not a break down. You've got the break back. Yeah, he's only he's only one break down. Well, yeah, of course he is because two breaks down is three is three legs for the other guy, and we're done. <laughs> I love that. I didn't even notice that, but yeah, I just it's I just, a long tournament. These things are gonna happen. They're just they're just amusing yeah, to bring. I don't up. know why that's just come back to me, but it it just I was just sat there going, sorry. Um, we don't have Raymond Van Barneveld's clip ready yet. Phil is currently still interviewing or editing or whatever he's doing at Alexandra Palace. I'm not even sure why he's there, to be honest. What's the point of Phil? Uh, but yeah, if I do it, get it do before anything. the end of tonight's show, uh, we will play that one for you guys. However, that means we're now about to move on to the predictions. Eight matches tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to be there for four of them, and I can't wait because it's a fantastic session. As we close out... The first round, just two round one matches uh, remain in the tournament. They are the opening two games of tomorrow afternoon session. And we start with the former world master, John O'Shea, taking on Darius Labanauskas. Uh, Cam, how do you see this one going? Um, I don't know. <laughs> um, I think... <laughs> this, is, this is possibly one of the tightest... First, yeah. it's just so level, isn't it? Like, there have been some pretty one-sided affairs that you look at on paper. This, on paper, is is just a solid matchup. It's a really, really, really good game. Um, and I think just on what we've seen him do before, 
on this stage, I think Darius wins it. I think he wins it 3-2. I think it's 3-2. I think he goes close. But I think he just, experience gets him over the line. I was just have a look at how he qualified because obviously he's on the international qualifier side. I presume he went Nordic and Baltic, even though he would have potentially got there through the Pro Tour as well because he's eligible for both. Uh, a Jeff Smith scenario from a couple of years, if you will. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say John O'Shea. I'm, I'm, I like John. Nothing to, well, a little bit to do with the fact that he watches the show regularly, to be honest. Yeah. But I'm backing the Joker for this one. I, I think he's got a very, very good A game in him. Former major champion up on TV. Look, Darius has got the recent PDC World Championship experience. It's got some bloody good memories up there as well. But I'm backing the Joker for this one. I think he can get a result. But I think it goes tight early on as well. I'm going to say he wins this one 3-2. Uh, yeah, I can see it going both ways. Absolutely. In the chat room, we have uh, Tommy says O'Shea wins 3-1. Dan's got the Joker winning 3-2. Harry's got Lavanowskis 3-1. Darren's got Joker 3-2. Uh, Bob says the second Joker to win 3-2 as well. Yeah, not sure about this stealing nicknames as well. Uh, Jamie says Lucky D, unfortunately. Uh, HJV says Joker 3-1. Jesus got Darius Lavanowskis 3-2, as is Pat Evera. Uh, Anon says 3-2 O'Shea. I think he has better form. Uh, Jack's got Lavanowskis 3-2. Uh, Landau says Lavanowskis lost 6-0 in his last match. Was that a Players' Championships. Uh, Andrew says Lavanowski's 3-2. Uh, Robert's got Joker 3-1. Matthew Stevens got Darius 3-2. Uh, I think that's the most varied we've seen from this. Yeah. Well. And that goes back to the fact that me and you simply could not split it at the start. Yeah. Uh, one I think a lot of people will split right now, but not split, is, is back the same way, is Martin Kleermacher against Zee Chen Han. Um, the big serial killer, as we like to refer to him, because he is just menacing in his appearance. Uh, Clearmacher uh, taking on the man from China. Uh, how do you see this one? Uh, yeah, I've got a clue um, about what um, Chan can do or how good he is. Uh, so I, I don't know. Um, I'm going to go with Clearmacher 3 0 based on the fact that I know nothing about Xi Cheng Han at all. I can't remember exactly what happened, but if I'm not mistaken, it wasn't Han that won the Chinese Premier League. He finished second, but the guy that finished first couldn't travel due to COVID issues, so they changed this up pretty early. So because of that as well, I'm going to say Clearmacker wins this one. I'm going to say Clearmacker wins this 3-0. I just think when yeah. he gets going in a rhythm, he's quality. Yeah, really, really good. So I'm going to go with that one as well. Uh, Martin's got, uh, Daniel's got Martin. Do you know, I'm reading different names under names is just confusing. <laughs> uh, Daniel's got Martin 3-0. Harry's got Clearmacher 3-0, as is Dan, as is Darren, as is Pat Evera, uh, as is Tommy, as is G's. Uh, I said this wasn't going to be split, didn't I? HJV's got Martin 3-0, maybe 9-0 as well. That's bold. That's bold. very early to go. Uh, well, Martin, three, one, and so is Bob perhaps defending against the unknown a little bit. So is Jack and Andrew's got Martin 3-0. Uh, Matt Egger said 3-0 as well, says Rob Smathers. That's good to know. Uh, on to, good luck picking this one, by the way. Um, 
absolute coin toss between Once two again. of the young stars of this game. Uh, Callum Ridd's defending a quarter-final prize money uh, at this stage of the event against the newly crowned world youth champion, Josh Rock. All I know is the pace of this one will make it one of the most watchable games of the year, yep. even if they both play like absolute Muppets. But I don't think they will. I think this will be just great. <laughs> it's just what I'm, what, just, I'm what? so like giddy that I'm there for this one. Like, yeah, I'm absolutely fuming that I am at work and will not be able to see it. Um, when when Dan first messaged saying, "Look, I've got a spare ticket for this session. Do you fancy it?" and I was like, "Yeah, sound perfect. Yeah. Let's have a look at it." Oh my god, it could potentially be Rids versus Rock. I was like, yeah. "Yes, yes, yes, yes." Yeah, exactly that. Um, however, I don't think it's quite as close as we think it might be because I'm just not set on how well Callum's playing. And we know how well Josh is playing. Obviously, it's the big stage. It might be different. Keep mentioning this up on this stage. It's, it's a different stage. How good does it look, by the way? I think it's magnificent, by it's the way. We, I don't think really we give it enough credit. There's a lot of people going, oh, it looks so good in blue. I was always a fan of the Labyrinth no. Red instead. I don't think they designed it as much, but I think they were in an era where there was Oh, no, it was, all, it was awful back then. William Hill Blue looked great, but I think this stage looks very, very nice for a sponsor so everybody was very kept, apprehensive about. So glad they kept the, kept the dark body bit of it in the middle, not the one that they throw at, but the... So they've gone around it. for your prediction, by the way. I see what you're doing. Pick a number. 3-1, Josh Rock. 3-1, Josh Rock. I was along the same school of thinking that you were about Callum Ridd's form because I went back, looked at his numbers. In fact, Callum called me out on a Monday night once going, how could you say that about my form, whatever else? Because at that point, I hadn't really played a lot. Then he was ill. Went into the World Youth Championship as number one seed. I was very apprehensive about that. Got beaten in the semi-finals think by Josh or Nathan, one of the two, in a tight encounter. Um, well, it had to be one of the two, surely. Lost in the semi-final. Yeah, genius. Michael Owen moment from me right there. Um, but I was quite impressed with the way he played at the Players' Championship Finals as well. It seems to be that he's, he's picked up a little bit more form now heading into this tournament. That being said, the fact that Josh has played up here already, I think will yeah. help him. He's through that first round. There's that little bit of pressure and expectation lifted off of him because he's gone and won that first game and he can perhaps just settle into his work now. There will still be media attention on him tomorrow. There will still be that, how did you feel after your first? We're going into your second, etc. There is still that buzz around Josh Rock, but it won't be as intense as it was before that yeah. first round game because he played very close to the Bo Greaves night as well and they were billing both as the next generation and yeah. the promo was very centred around that. I think it'll be a little bit more balanced tomorrow, but there will still be that recent TV bias, I guess, because of what we've seen from Josh in the Grand Grand Slam and at the Players' Championship Finals. So I'm going to say Rock, but I'm going to say in a final set. So I'm going to say 3-2 to Josh in this one. A little bit of scrolling back in the chat room to see. Uh, Tommy's got Rock 3-2. Harry's got Rids 3-1. G's got Rock 3-2. Pat Everett's got Rock 3-1. Uh, Bob's got Rock 3-2. Darren's got Rids 3-2. Andrew's got Rock 3-1. 
Uh, Lando says Rock is heavy favourite, a one to three. Surely some value on Ritz. I mean, I think yeah. that you know when you look, at, you know, there's, there's a couple of reasons to, to have a bet, and if you're having a bet, do it sensibly, obviously, and preferably with our friends at Betfred who are sponsoring all of our coverage. But either you fancy something, or they've just got the numbers wrong. One to three on, they've just got the number wrong. It, it's too big a price in the opposite yeah. direction for me. It it is, but but I'm then not again, saying pretty house on it either, by the way. And, and no, because we both we both predicted Josh Ross. This is not win. a gambling advice show or anything like that. If you are having a bet, please do so responsibly as ever. But that is one of those where you look at it and go, I appreciate what you're protecting against here when you've got him as yeah. fifth favourite for the tournament. But I don't think there's as big a difference between those two as a one to three on for somebody who's only playing in their second world championship game ever. No, um, <laughs> certainly not, but we have both picked Josh Rock to win. Yeah, uh, Rock 3-0 <laughs> says Jamie. Uh, the two Nami being full voice at the Palace says Dan Rids 3-2. I'll be sat next to you. Does he just uh, mean him? Just, it means just him, doesn't it? Just Dan, just Dan and Billy sat there going, go on. Uh, HJB's got Rock 3-2. Uh, Jack's got Rids 3-2. Anon's uh, got Rids 3-0. Rob's got 3-2 either way. That's fence sitting if I've ever seen it. Uh, Preston has got Rock 3-2. Yeah, you can't have that. Daniel. He says if Rock turns up, yes, 92 sound. Uh, dirty section of the draw indeed uh, but that's all the predictions for that one and we move on to the final game of the afternoon session Dave Chisnell against Andrew Gildin clash of styles perhaps clash of I'm, I'm not about to coach either of these actions but they both work more than more than most do on the on the tour this year yeah um, yeah it's um, it's another really good game and it's another one where a bit like I think it will for for Rock, it'll help Gildin the fact that it's he's had a little gap since he played. Um, obviously, you've seen how difficult it is. Like, I mean, you're the unlucky one that has to play twice on night one, um, which clearly didn't work for. Um, well, it never works really well because one, you do have no. to play twice on the same night, but two, you you often just run into the world champion at that point as yeah, well. Like, exactly. I don't think yeah, exactly. I've ever seen that game where it resulted in an upset. They fall in the following round when they're not quite switched no. on. They've had twelve days to recover. Especially when you've been practicing so hard. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, we've got five more games to predict yet. Get a move yeah, on. Yeah, we have. Um, this is a re- This is probably tougher than the last one because Gilding's been really good this year. But Chizzy is the better player. I think Chisnell's been really good this year. I'm, I'm just going to say Chisnell wins this one 3-1. I think Andrew Gildin does possess an awkwardness to him, especially with the pace of play. But in terms of ability, I've been really big on Dave Chisnell's game this year and I would yeah. not be surprised to see him go deep in this tournament. I think he beats Andrew Gildin 3-1. 3-2 for me. Chizzy wins. 3-2 for you. Uh, Tommy says Chisnell 3-0. G's got Chizzy 3-2. Dan's got Chizzy 3-1. Bob's got Chizzy 3-2. Uh, Nunn's got Chizzy 3-0 as well. Uh, Jamie says Chizzy 3-2 after Gildin being 2-0 up. I like you, Jamie. You get involved a lot. But Dave Chisnell mounting a comeback at Alexander <laughs> Palace is, is, with, with what will clearly involve some bottle is, is clearly it's not something I'm ever going to associate with the man. Um, Chisnell 3-2 says Harry. Uh, We've got Barrett another 3-2 either way here as well. Like, since when did we allow people to sit on the fence? We've got another 3-2 either way from, from Andrew here in the chat as well like I'm we don't know sure about that. these either way folks come on no, you know the rules by now nail your colors to the mast and be bold because let's yeah. be honest none of us are keeping track of any of this no 
People I don't know be what I predicted last night. Jesus said, well done on your prediction. He remembers more than I do. Yeah. Oh, I, I sat there and watched. When was I on? I was on Sunday night. I sat there and watched last night. I had no idea what I picked. Yeah. One year we will keep all of these track now, but because this the, the duo on this show changes so often, it, it would have well, to be yeah. host versus whoever, and then we're and we can't we can't put team. we can't put the people through me and you every single night. No, <laughs> no chance. Where was I on the predictions? I think Jamie had Chizzy three two. There we go. Harry's got Chizzy three two. Patera's got Chizzy three one. As is Darren. As is HJV. As is Jack. As is Rob. Uh, as is Preston. Um, we have one, one for Gildin. Yankee's got, Yankee's got one. Uh, Yankee's got Gildin three two. There we go. He's back. Um, Dan Simpson, I'm going to slap you tomorrow. He says either Chizzy or Gildin will win. I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> right on to the evening session. We're going to have to go a little bit quicker here, Cam. Less words, more numbers. King versus Baggish. Scoreline go. Three two Baggish. Other way around. 3-2 King for me. I've called Andrew in to go for a chizzy. Come on, predictions in. Go, 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 go. Because we're going quick fly now, which means you guys need to as well. Come on, come on, come on. Yeah, tight faster. Yes, Harry Dan's says King 3-0. That's bold. I don't think King's in that great form. Dan's got Baggish 3-2. Tommy's got King 3-2, as is G's, as is Pat Ever. Everyone's going tight in this one. Danny Baggish loves that stage and a run here. Would keep his tour card. Um, what does he need? Two more. Two more did we work out. At least two more rounds, yeah. Uh, HRV's got King... He's got King 20. He's not been 20 for a long time. Uh, Darren's <laughs> got King 3-2. Uh, Anon's got Baggish 3-1. Uh, Daz Reynolds got Danny 3-0. Jamie's got King 3-0. Andrew's got King 3-1. Dex got King 3-1. And Jack's got Baggish 3-2. Uh, On to the second match of the evening session. Uh, Gabriel Clemens, the German number one, takes on Willie O'Connor, the man that beat Bo Greaves in round one. Where are you going with this? Willie O'Connor, 3-1. I agree. Uh, I think when we saw that draw, there was a reason we got excited about Bo's chances, because if she did come through Willie O'Connor, I think this is a winnable game. And yeah. I think both. Uh, so what do we have in this one? Uh, Dan says 3-1 O'Connor, so does Harry. Uh, Bob says the Magpie to win 3-1 as well. Uh, Dan, said, Dan Simpson says 3-1, Willie. Dan Simpson just copying me, or what? No, he knows better than that. Uh, Jesus has got O'Connor 3-2. So? Darren's got Big Willie 3-0. Declan's got O'Connor 3-2. Preston's got Willie 3-1. Daz has got Connor 3-2. As has Tommy. Uh, Jamie's got Willie 3-0. Jack's got O'Connor 3-1. So's Pavra. So's Landau got Billy 3-1. Billy? That says Big Willy. Not Billy. Close enough. Uh, <laughs> Andrew's got O'Connor 3-1 and Ron's got O'Connor 3-0. I don't think I saw a single Clemens prediction there. No. The man is seeded and rated higher in this one, which yep, tells that's you not... you need to know. I think there's a vulnerability to Gabriel Clemens and I think everybody else agrees. Uh, on to the third match of the night uh, and the world number three, I think he is at the minute, but the man that has conquered pretty much everything again this year on a bit of a resurgence is Michael Van Gerwen. He takes on young Welshman Louis Williams in round two for the right to return after Christmas. Um, given the year he's had, I think I'm going to guess you're going to go Michael Van Gerwen. I think most people have got him going deep, if not lifting this title. How many sets are you giving Louis, I think is the question. Well, yeah, I predicted him as a as the losing finalist in our predictions. 
However, I did not expect Louis Williams to play as well as he did the other night. But I still don't think it's enough. I think I think he'll play well and I think he'll push him. But when it comes down to it, I think MVG gets on the line and I think it's 3 1. I'm going to give Louis a set. Interesting. I'm going to say I think 3 1 MVG. I just think he's got that in him at the minute. I'm definitely about to sneeze. Sorry. Um, but yeah, if he's not if he's not at it, he gets dumped yeah. out early. You have to win the first set. I think you have to put him on the back foot. If he settles and, and gets on the board, then he's, he's got the ability to just yeah, run away. Exactly with it. that. Yeah. If Louis doesn't win the first set, then it might be three 0 But yeah, Harry's got Van Gogh in three 0 Tommy's got three one Van Gogh in. If I'm, I'm just going to read the numbers out now. And Jamie's got nine nil. That's the other way around. Couple in there with nine nil, which is just Dan's got three nil. Dex got three one. Daniel Sison's got three nil. Uh, Daz Reynolds has got three one. Louis, interesting. Uh, Preston's got three nil. Uh, Bob's got three nil. Um, Anon's got three nil. Darren's got nine nil. A lot of people back in the, mm-hmm. the straight. Nine nil. No, I'm not having nine nil. Jesus got three nil. Jamie's gone for the nine nil as well. Pat Everett's got three nil. Landau's got three one. Daz Reynolds got three one. Louis. Uh, Rob giving a full set. I like. I like the look of. 3 0, 3 1, 3 1. Yeah. I mean, Jack's got MVG 3 1. Joe's got the Why not? <laughs> to be fair, he missed a double for one in round one. To do it in the second round would be spectacular. But I hate to be the guy to, to tell everybody this, but it's not very often that you hit a nine dart at the World Championship and then go on to win your match. It is That's a little true. bit of a. It's not that often you hit a nine dart against Van Gogh and then go on to win your match either, as yeah. Josh Rock found out everybody in general uh, we close out the evening session on our longest show of the week despite having far less to talk about well done cam uh, Stephen <laughs> no, it's not, no it's not the longest we were here over an hour on the other night as well yeah i've still got to say goodbye yet and we got to predict this one uh, Stephen <laughs> bunting against leonard gates closes out the evening session the bullet back on the alexander palace stage against big lenny where are you going with this? i love me some big lenny <laughs> and i sat here on sunday night and said I love Big Lenny, but I just can't predict him to win. And he did, easily. Um, so, I'm going to say the same again. 3-1 Bunting. <laughs> I think Bunting's just got too much quality for, for games. Yeah. I thought he was entertaining. I thought he's a character. Brilliant to watch. And if he does pull it off, fair play to him. But I just think they're... Uh, Without being respectful, there are levels to this game, and the level that Stephen Bunton can produce nine times out of ten is higher than what Lenny Gates produces nine times out of ten, and he won't get caught up with the dance in the antics or, or anything like that. He'll just go up there and do a job. So I'm going to go three-one, Bunting in this one. Fly through the final predictions for everybody here. Uh, Tommy's got three-one. Whatever's got three-nil. Darren's got three-one for Bunting. I just got did Jamie's comment. As is Declan. Uh, Harry's got Bunting 3-0. Uh, Anon's got 3-0. Bunting as well. Bob's got 3-1. Dan's got Gates 3-2, fingers crossed. As is Preston. Uh, Jack's got Bunting 3-1. Daz has got 3-2 the bullet. Jamie's got Bunting 3-2 after Gates hits bull on four. <laughs> that's what, that's Not quite David Cameron the other way around. Uh, <laughs> Andrew's got Bunting 3-0. Uh, and Rob's got bunting 3-1 as well. Uh, that's it. That's the end of the show. Unfortunately, we haven't got the Barney clip ready for you guys. Bars, he's not dropped it in. He's still at Alexandra Palace. It's 20 to 1 in the morning, man. Uh, but that interview will be available in full on this YouTube channel, so make sure you check it out. 
either later this evening or first thing in the morning when you guys wake up ahead of that double session. A big, big thank you to everybody in the chat room that has joined us this evening. You guys have been absolutely amazing all night. Easily the busiest show we've had all week, so we really do appreciate that. To Cam for joining me once again, I appreciate it as well, buddy. I'll leave you in the capable hands of Charlie to host tomorrow night, and you, pair can go at it. Hopefully you get on with it a bit quicker than what we managed to, and everybody else can get to sleep at a reasonable hour. Um, if you haven't done so already, make sure you check us out on socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok, and all of that. Like, subscribe. You know the drill by now. Drop us a like on this show if you haven't done so already. And also a big, big thank you to everybody listening back to this as a podcast. Dan, I will see you in the morning because I'm off to Alexandra Palace. So I hope Bo you guys enjoy the darts as much as I intend to tomorrow. Uh, I'll be back on Friday night. What day is it? It's, it's Tuesday. Are you back Thursday? <laughs> Thursday night. Uh, oh, I'll leave you in again. So Charlie tomorrow. Uh, thank you to everybody that's joined us. We will speak to you all very, very soon.